It's a busy one this week. We take a look back at Birmingham's two WSL Cup matches with Everton and Doncaster Bells. We hear from Charlie Wellings for the first time and look ahead towards the weekend at Liverpool. All of this and more on today's podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast, Great Since 68. Brought to you as always by damsonpartdames.co.uk. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined as always by Chris Pugh. How have you been, Chris? Not too bad, thank you, Craig. Yourself? Yeah, I've been good, thank you. Uh, We're going to start this week then by looking back at the first game of the two cup games we had this week, which was Everton. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk got the only goal in a 1-0 victory for Everton in Widness. Chris, you're at the game. How did it play out for you? I just don't think we got going. We'd put a lot of effort into the Man City game the week before that. Mark had changed it up a little bit due to a few niggles here and there. We never really got our composed normal self. Sloppy in possession, not winning the second balls quick enough and, and the tempo was just a little bit too slow. Everton got the goal, which was it was a mistake from Blues, giving the ball away in midfield and Sweetman Kurt lobbed Berger. And from that moment on, Everton were, were obviously happy to hold on to the game and, and we never really got the tempo going enough to trouble them. I was a bit surprised that Rachel Williams started the game, especially after how much of a shift she put in against City. Were you, were you surprised that she started? Yes and no. Obviously, she's missed the start of the season, so maybe the thought plan was that you know as much game time as she can would be better for her to get back to full fitness. I think first half especially, she was the only one up front, Rachel, and, and she works really hard chasing the ball down, but even, even if she did win the ball or, or knock it down, there wasn't anybody onto it quick enough. With the Man City game, tiredness could be an issue after three days after that. That could be one of the reasons we didn't win the second balls. Another point in that game, Chris, it looked like Berger sustained another injury again. What was the incident like from your point of view? It's a difficult one because obviously I'm a Blues fan and I, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but it did look a nasty one. And, and Berger's come out to clear the ball and Turner's gone gone right through her. It looked a little bit high and she's definitely caught Berger. Berger tumbled away. and Unfortunately for Anne, she's been in the wars a little bit in the last couple of games. Obviously, she was rested on Sunday. Uh, is there any other points do you want to bring up about that game, Chris, before we move on? Even though we're playing well, the Man City game especially, we look composed and we kept the ball really well and, and we certainly are improving. It shows that everybody else is improving as well and Everton, who come up you know, are new to WSL 1 this year, we played well in the first half against them in the league and, and beat them 2-1, but they, they did OK in the second half. And you know, There's not a massive gap between the WSL 1 teams. And you have to be on it every game, really, to, to stamp your authority and, and to get these points. It's a bit of a tough task to go through now. We've, we've got to go to Man City and win, really. Uh, you know, but credit Everton, they, they utilised the pitch better than us and, and they, they got the all-important goal in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as we'll come on to a bit later on, Everton had a good tester against Man City and they almost got something out of it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Similar to us, really, taking Man City all the way. You know, and it was a light Man City winner like it was against us. So Everton have, have shown that they've got a lot of quality in this division and can hold their own. Yeah, especially since uh, it hasn't really shown in the league, but their performances in the Cup have been pretty outstanding. Yeah, they have. Like I said about the the fine margins. I think they, you know, they put up a decent effort against Liverpool in in the opening WSL game of the season. So it's about scoring when you're on top and and doing the right things when you're on top and making it count. Unfortunately, they haven't in the league, but they have in the cup. Moving on now, then to the Doncaster game from this past Sunday. Christy Murray got the opening goal for Doncaster Bells, a volley from close range. 
Then Frieda Easy got the equaliser just before half time for Birmingham City. Charlie Wellings then got the Blues into the lead in the second half with an outside of the boot finish. Rachel Williams then scored another goal for the Blues, a towering header from a lad corner. Kirsty Hansen got a goal back right after that, looping over Hannah Hampton, who was starting her first game for Blues. Following the game, I spoke to Mark Skinner, and here is his reaction. Doncaster took the lead today. Yeah. It wasn't the start we would have wanted, but the team recovered well later into the first half. Yeah, they did. I said this Doncaster, I thought they'd come with a game plan, and I thought they were very good. I thought they executed it very well. Uh, it's a fair play to them. and They've got some very good players. We were disappointed with going behind, especially to the, the goal, because we'd had half chances. But we need to be more clinical in front of goal. Even though we scored three, we still need to be more clinical. What was really good was the way we reacted to the goal, because we could have imploded. You know, We've been frustrated against the Everton game. We didn't do what we wanted to do. We're frustrated with the Man City game because we didn't get the result that we thought we deserved. And that's football, isn't it? So I was really pleased with the way that they got in at half-time. They had a few words, but then after that, they got out on the second half. And we started with a bit more verve second half, and that was much more like us. Freely recently equalised just before half-time going into the break. Did that change your half-time team? A little bit, a little bit. Because we always select what you say at half-time. Because sometimes you need to go emotional and you need to fire them up and sometimes you need to go tactical and it's a real balance and you've got to use your team for that. And my staff are very good at that. We go into, we've been fortunate to go into the manager's office and have a quick conversation and that was good. It clears what everyone's had. The girls had their mints. We always give them four or five minutes themselves because they can sort the problems out too. And then we came out second half and thought we were much better second half. We just need to make sure we keep silly goals out. Another three different goal scorers today. Is that something you're excited about, given that Ellen White's going to be out for a short while now? Yeah, and, and you know what? Everyone has to chip in. Uh, you know, Ellen White's a fantastic goal scorer, but we've got other goal scorers. Genuinely, in training, Charlie Wellens is one of the best finishers you'll see. She's a great, great finisher, and she's an instinctive finisher. And that's why she's performed out of her skin, I think, in the last few games. She's been exceptional. I've been really, really pleased with her. So that's a positive. So... The beauty of it is, it's opportunity. I'd love to pick what people call the so-called strongest team, but actually other people make your mind up for you, and in training they do that. So I'm pleased the last couple of games we've been able to rotate players to see where they're at. Even though the result against Everton wasn't great, it was good opportunity. So now I can now start to go, right, you've played, now who's the best to select for the games coming forwards? Today I thought there was some good standout performances. Charlie Wellings is obviously the one she was game player of the match, but I also thought Maddie Cusack played well. Yeah, yeah, Maddie did, and we made a quick tactical change because we kept getting overrunning midfield. I don't think that, you know, we weren't blessed with blistering kind of acceleration in midfield, and that's what we had to change. So we put Jess into there, um, and Maddie played really well. She she had some good key contributions, um, and then she got a little quad strain, um, so we just protected her. But yeah, she she had a good game, considering she hasn't played, but. We've got a very competitive midfield and she understands that and it's important that she keeps pushing. In terms of the Continental Cup then, um, yeah. obviously it's going to come down to the Man City game. We have to go and win the game, <laughs> we know that. Depending on our results go, but we know we've got to go and try and win the game. You know, There's still two games left so Everton has still got to play. And Oxford and, and Donny, and not, have you seen today, they're no, not an easy team to play against. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but we've got to go to Man City and try and get a result anyway. And we don't fear that. Like, people will go, oh, it's Man City. But you saw the performance we put out against them. Sometimes we think that because you're playing the bigger team, so-called, that we can put those performances in. Our girls have to do that every week. And then you would dominate the teams that people we think we should dominate. And it's all mindset, I'm telling you. It's all mindset. But it's really, I must stress this, it's really early in the project. It's so early. People say you've had long enough. We've had a spring series which wasn't com really competitive. 
bond the FA Cup and then we've had five, six games this season. Just be patient, it will all come together. Obviously Chloe Peplow played today for Doncaster. Was that um, your choice to let her play when you let her go on out on loan? Yeah, so absolutely. Look, look, Chloe Peplow, the reason Chloe Peplow, Coral Haynes, Sophie Bagley went on loan is so that they get to play. What would be the point? The only reason Sophie Bagley hasn't played in the Cup is because we put a clause in her contract so that if we need... So Anne-Katrine's injured, she got clattered again the other day. So that if we do need her, she'll come back and then she'll come back as number one. So that's the reason. Whereas Chloe and Coral need to play football. So that's why we've done it. We've done it for the best of the girls. People think we haven't done that. We've done it for the best of girls because there are kids and we want to see them grow. And, you know, if they put in the performances, hopefully they can come back in the future and, and do it on, on our pitch. You weren't expecting her to come back and haunt you, though, and get, get a goal or something today. You know what? If she does, she does. That's the game. That's, I want to see that character from her. And if she shows me that, then hopefully in the future she might come back and, and do something at the club. Besides freezing your backside off, Chris, how was the day for you? <laughs> It was pretty freezing. It was good. It was good to be at St Andrews, being a Blues fan. It was nice to see a, a decent performance at St Andrews this season. It was good to get back on it straight away. You know, they, they didn't have time to dwell on the Everton performance. They knew that they had to come out straight away again and, and, and attack the game. I thought Doncaster did OK, actually, first half hour. They kept the ball well. They were, they were moving it around. You know, they didn't really give us much time on the ball. There wasn't enough injection in the middle, I think Mark said. It, it seemed like that from where I was sitting as well. We were getting a little bit overrun in midfield. And Doncaster, to be fair, probably deserved their goal when they scored it. I think the defending's got to be a little bit better. But then from that moment on, I think it woke us up a little bit. Jess moved into the middle alongside Hayley and we were a lot better. We moved the ball a bit quicker. The goal just on the stroke of half-time was, was a massive boost for us. Christy Murray obviously got the first goal. I, thought, I was really impressed with her for Doncaster Bell. She looked like she was getting involved throughout the game. She had a number of chances that Hannah Hampton was equal to apart from the goal. But with the first goal, she really couldn't do nothing about it, was it? It was a lovely head back across goal from Kirsty Hansen into Christy Murray. And uh, it was like from five yards out and she's not going to stop that when it's on the volley, is she? No, of course. And like you say, I agree. I think Murray was probably their outstanding player, the one that looked brightest, sharpest. You know, and, and she did look a threat for the whole game. And, you know, unfortunately for Blues, she's got a run in into the area unmarked. And like you say, she's took the goal really well. And at that point, Doncaster were probably just about on top. So they probably deserved it. But from that moment, we woke up and thankfully sorted things out. What did you think of Hannah Hampton's first match? The first senior cap for Blues and what, what a place to get your first appearance at St Andrews. Yeah, it must have been special for her, absolutely. Don't put any blame to her for the first goal, definitely not. Whether she's a little bit too far off the line for the second, I'm not sure. She's young and a debutante, so overall, I think she did really well. She came and collected a couple of crosses. You know, she got down well for a couple of good saves. One in the first half at 1-0, I think it was, which she made a good save. So she should take a lot of confidence and a lot of praise from her debut. Yeah, as you said, the second goal, it, it did look like she was a little off a line. It was probably, you, that comes with experience. It's obviously, they've just yeah. scored the goal. She's trying to get back in position. She's obviously not quite got in the position she needed to, but that happens and she, she'll learn from that as, as we move on. Uh, Freddie Orisi got a goal back just for half time. It was a nice ball over from Charlie Wellings from the left hand side, I believe, into a path. It, she couldn't really miss as well as uh, Christy Murray couldn't miss the first one. Yeah, that's it. You're missing the ball from Hayley Ladd as well, there, Craig, by the way. Um, yeah. Why don't you take us through that, Chris? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's picked it up and getting close to half time. So I think we're, we're sort of thinking that this is probably going to be the last chance before half time. And she's played a lovely ball over the top into the path of Charlie, who's chased it down. And the ball across, like you say, was was inch perfect. And and through to any contact on it, and it and it was in the back of the net. And thankfully, she got it. 
Charlie Wellings obviously got the second for us, rather, in the second half with the outside of the foot finish. Andrean Hegerberg provided the assist. From my point of view, I thought Andrean Hegerberg started the game a bit slowly, and I put that to Mark Skinner, the manager, and this is what he had to say. First off, Andrean seemed to be struggling. Is it because she was been out for two games? Did you think that uh, took her off the pace a bit? Just a little bit. I just think it's match sharpness, and she hasn't played for a while, and she's been ill, and it's knocked her. You'd be surprised how missing a week affects you in the game. Just two, three yards. We had a conversation when she comes off, but we'll do our analysis and make sure that she's she's fine and that. She's a very clever kid, very good player, so she understands what we want and how we want it. Yeah, she's just a little bit off, but I'd expect that, and that's why we safeguarded her and brought her off when we did. She uh, corrected that by getting an assist later on in the game. Yeah, and glad. That I kept her on because we were going to make a change at 60 minutes and I'm glad I kept her on because she got that assist. That's the quality she has, but I wanted to produce that more often. She knows that. We need loads of ways of scoring, but we've got to start putting teams away and that's what we didn't do enough in the first half. The assist obviously led into the second goal, Charlie Wellings. It was a lovely outside of the foot finish across goal. Chris, uh, what did you think of it? The build-up before that was good as well. I think I think Frida's held it up well, which she did all game, to be fair. And she's laid it into the path of Andrew. And as you say, she's, she's got that quality. I think you put something up on, on Twitter earlier about she's the top assist maker, three assists now. She's got that final ball in her. She showed it at Arsenal and she showed it again. Perfectly weighted ball to Charlie. And all she really had to do was hit the target and she's found the bottom corner really well. As Mark pointed out earlier, Charlie Wellings is, is such an instinctual finisher and so talented about finding that bomb corner as she did at Wembley. Yeah, it's almost like the less time she has to think about the shot, the more accurate it is. She is really instinctive like that and she only had time really to take a touch and get her shot away and, and she did it really well. Rachel Williams then got another goal for us. A great header from the lad corner. They got a goal back straight after that, as we've mentioned, Kirsty Hansen with a looping effort over Hannah Hampton. Overall, in terms of the game, Chris, I thought there was a number of strong performances from uh, the likes of Frieda E.C., Charlie Wellings and Maddie Cusack. I spoke to Charlie Wellings after the game, and this is what she thought of her performance. Another goal for you today, Charlie. That's your second in the Cup there this uh, year. How do you think your season's gone so far for yourself? I think it's gone really well, but I think it's come with game time as well, like consecutive game time. Obviously, I just love scoring goals being a forward, and it's coming along this season, so I'm really happy here. With Ellen White's absence from the team, you obviously are going to be relied on more to get goals. You've obviously started with three, and you've matched her for goals this season, so you obviously must be quite happy with that. Yeah, really happy. It's a massive loss that Ellen got injured, and we're hoping for her to come back very soon. But yeah, I'm happy to step up and try and score as many goals as possible. We've noticed you've created quite a good bond with Ellen. Is she really improving your game since she's joined the club? Yeah, really improved my game. It's very good to have a senior player, especially a senior England player, to help me out and just gain my knowledge on the game and specific position based as well. Really happy with the way it's gone so far. I also spoke to Maddie Cusack and this is what she had to say. You had a pretty good game today. Um, starting for Blues, how did you feel the game went for yourself? Started off in midfield, so that's where I usually play, so I was quite happy with that. But then I was quite happy to go out for a wing-back as well, so it's good to get forward and, yeah, really enjoyed playing. It's great, obviously a great stadium to play yeah. and stuff, so... You were quite combative today and you um, you had a good moment where you were taking a few players on. Are you happy with your attacking way you played today? Yeah, yeah, um, I definitely, I think with more game time I'd love to have like got forward more and stuff. And, but yeah, I love like attacking and especially like getting in the last third and stuff. If I can look to do that all the time then, then yeah, we'll, we'll look to do that. Uh, what was it for the first time to play at St Andrews? How did you think it went for you? Yeah, it's a really good stadium so it's great to play here and obviously we all love like, the occasion and stuff and obviously to get the win, that was good. Uh, one final talking point from the Doncaster game, Chris. That was uh, Chloe Peplow starting for Doncaster. I was um, surprised that she started. What did you think? Mark said in his interview earlier that the only way she's going to improve is by playing games, even though it's against us. Obviously, you don't want her to, 
to influence a game against us. But you want her to get, you want her to play games, you want her to get regular game time. That's that's only going to help her and hopefully us long term. So um, I wasn't massively surprised that she started. I was surprised she was in the team sheet, but I wasn't surprised that they would pick her if she was given the chance to play. It was unfortunate to hear the reports of uh, some quote-unquote Blues fans booing her as she was taken off the pitch. I think the booing is people who aren't don't normally come to women's games and they're doing what they think that they normally do at men's game, if you like, and boo the opposition. They probably don't know that Chloe is actually still our player. Uh, you know, in terms of her performance, I think I was trying to make a direct comparison with her and Hayley, the two central midfielders that get their team going. In the first 35 minutes or so, I thought Pepler was the better of the two and Doncaster were on top. And then Hayley got herself into the game and, and stamped her authority on it, along with Jess Carter. And the ball stopped going to Chloe as much. I think I think it was pretty clear that the instruction was to stop the ball getting to Chloe because she was the one making things tick. And she didn't see a lot of the ball after that. And that's credit to Blues. We will now take a brief break from Talking Birmingham to take a look at the action elsewhere this past weekend. First off, Karen Carney, a Birmingham City legend, gave Chelsea the win from the spot late on at Bristol City. Obviously, Sophie Bagley wasn't involved as she is cup-tied, but no doubt she would have been there and left gutted for her teammates. A last-minute penalty will do that to you, Chris. It's a surprise because Chelsea have been steamrolling everyone and then they go to Bristol City and similar to Everton, really, with Man City. They're both games, uh, you thought that the the smaller opposition, if you like, were going were gonna to take a draw away from it. But again, Chelsea showing their class, going right to the end and getting that penalty late on and... And Carney's pretty confident from the spot. Everton, the team of the cup so far, arguably, narrowly lost out to Man City 2-1. Izzy Christensen once again on the score sheet. Aston Villa got their first win on penalties against Sheffield. Millwall Lionesses beat London Bees for free in a seven-goal thriller at the Hive. Also, Hope Powell's Brighton and Hove Albion beat Spurs 4-1. Coral Jade Haynes, by all accounts, appeared to have a good game, dictating play despite the defeat. Both Spurs and Brighton are just two points off the top in WSL 2. What have you thought of both teams' starts to the season, Chris? Yeah, they've, they've shown a lot of confidence. You know, Obviously, coming into the WSL 2 and with the new shake-up that's coming next year, you'd expect Brighton and Spurs especially, you know, Brighton a Premier League team now, but Spurs with plenty of money, you'd expect them to be, to be teams who would probably be applying for a WSL 1 licence. So the more confidence they can get from this season... You know, getting wins under their belt and scoring goals. If they're going to be in WSL one next year, then then it, it looks good for them. You know, to, to carry that confidence on and and have a good season next season if they're going to be successful. Given the, the amount of time that she was out of the game, Chris, are you surprised at all that how well Hope Powell's uh, taken to club management again? I am a little bit, yeah. I wasn't a, a biggest fan, especially the later stages of her England career. But, you know, she's, she's been out for a while, about four years, and she's come back in. And, and like you say, Brighton have, to be fair, they've, they've got a lot of good players. You know, they've recruited well and they've got some experienced individuals in that team now. And they've got an experienced coach. Another big one, Chris, was Reading's 2-1 away win at Arsenal. Farrell Williams stealing the headlines with a goal from kickoff. What did you think? Yeah, I'm sick of seeing Farrell score from kickoff, by the way. You'd think they'd learn by now. <laughs> I know, yeah, that brought back bad memories. Got that in a, in a locker, and like you say, the one thing that you do when Farrell Williams on the pitch straight after you scored is make sure that your keeper's ready. She gave herself plenty of run-up, and nobody noticed, and, and she's put it in the corner. So, you know, credit to her. 
Reading are on a really good run at the moment. Then to go to Arsenal and managerless at the time, they're you know going through a little bit of a tricky patch. But to go there and win is another big scalp for them. Yeah, obviously. And Farrah Williams got that really good volley earlier in the season. She's obviously wants goal of the season this year. Yeah, I think she's going for a competition all on her own, isn't she? Everybody else can have their own competition and she'll have her own one. But uh, like I say, she, she's got that ability in her locker that the legs might be going a little bit, but she's certainly got the technical ability still. And finally, Durham got a point at home to Liverpool. Speaking of which, next up for Birmingham is a trip to Liverpool this weekend. 5.30 kickoff on Saturday evening. After defeat to Everton at the Select Security Stadium, we return there, back to Witness for the Liverpool game. Mark Skinner is hopeful the experience of playing there last week will benefit the team on Saturday. Despite the result against Everton, do you think playing on that pitch has given you an advantage going into the Liverpool game so you know uh, what you expect? I hope so, because we knew what we were going to get from the pitch. We'd practised all week. We'd practised one touch, removing your feet. We'd done everything. We just didn't perform. And we know that, and our girls were really frustrated with themselves. In the game plan, we left no stone unturned. Everybody knew what they had to do. They just didn't do it. So against Liverpool, it'd be a different game because Liverpool, no disrespect to Everton, Everton are much more of a direct team, whereas Liverpool do try to play. They go direct, but they try to play. So I think it'll be a better game. But we've got to learn from what we didn't do against Everton and put that into practice. Hopefully we'll get the positive result we want. Home teams tend to have an advantage on their own pitch, as you'd expect, training on it every week. But having played there ourselves last week, Chris, it kind of closes that gap of advantage, maybe. I think so. In an ideal world, is to have the away fixtures at Liverpool and Everton close together so that you're not playing it three months at a time and, and by the time you play there again you forgot what it was like. It's a difficult one though, it's such a horrible pitch. You, you could play there every week, you know, Everton Everton play there every week and you could see that their players sometimes were surprised at the bounce of the ball and, and it was running a little bit further than they thought so it, it's difficult to come to terms with but hopefully, like you say, the fact that we played on there last week will give us a bit more of an idea of what it's going to do this week and we can perform a little bit better. Given we're changing to a winter league, we could either see more of an increase of these types of pitches being used or, on the other hand, we could be use, seeing uh, other clubs using their uh, men's grounds like we did the other day to play there because we know they're going to have under-soil heating and they're going to be able to be used and not have to cancel so many games. I'd like to think it'd be the second one, personally. I don't remember seeing a game on the Widnes pitch that was technically gift, you know, technically good, and and both teams played good football on it. I think sometimes you just have to you have to accept what it is and and, and play direct really, than go through the middle. So maybe with the FA's approach to the new WSL one, if it's going to be a more professional league, then then hopefully you will see more better grounds being used as opposed to to 3G surfaces. Yeah, obviously you've got like the ones uh, like Reading already play at Wickham Wanderers. You've and got, Doncaster, uh, yeah. Yeah, Doncaster. You've got you've got some good pitches out there already, but we hopefully more and more the, the top teams get to play at uh, better quality grounds, so we get better football in the end of the day. Yeah, certainly, and I, th- I think that that'll improve the the players, you know, week in week out, and and hopefully that'll improve the, the standards for England as well. Liverpool are fifth with two wins from their first four matches. Reading beat them 3-0 in Widnes. Given we can be an equally combative team to Reading, uh, Chris, uh, we should have a good chance against Liverpool, do you think? Yeah, I hope so. I think them drawing at Durham away probably hasn't helped because I think they'll be looking for a reaction there. That was a that was a disappointing result for them to only draw and, and come through on penalties. So I think they'll be looking for a reaction. They're, they've got good players. They've got... You know the likes of Tash Harding is 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 really confident at the moment, scoring goals, and you know they've got a lot of England experienced internationals. But like you say, 
if we were a similar side to Reading physically and, and they went there and, and won comfortably, it's about taking our chances. If we get an early goal, get them coming at us, then, then we might be in luck. As you mentioned, Harding, she got a hat-trick against Sunderland in their last league game. They've yeah. also got a lot of uh, well-known players in their squad, including Caroline England goalkeeper Weir good, yeah. Caroline Weir, uh, England goalkeeper Siobhan Chamberlain, and yeah. uh, obviously Casey Stoney, who's been around for ages. And moving on to predictions, Chris, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? My favourite part of the show. Um... You, you, you correctly guessed that Everton were going to score last week. Did I? Yeah, just not, not ours. Um... <laughs> I will go high scoring 3-1 Blues. 3-1 I'm going to go for 2-1 Blues because I think with the unpredictability of that pitch it's going to yeah. we're going to concede a goal at some point. And that's all for this week's show. You've been listening to the Great Sense 68 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us so you can receive the show every week as soon as it comes out. Just search Damson Park Dames on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and any other podcast platform you may use. If you prefer to listen through SoundCloud, be sure to give us a follow on there so you can get notified whenever a new episode is out as well. You can also follow us on Twitter at GreatSynth68. Or for, pers- our, or for our personal accounts, you can follow me at Craig Hadley with double E at the end. I realised last week that I put a P in there, which yeah, I don't have a P in there anymore. <laughs> so, so people might have been looking for me uh, as much as I as much as I like to think, but no, Lost they couldn't find me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris, how can they find you? Yeah, uh, at IWCAIB on Twitter. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, keep right on.